Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ohio Agronomy Roundup. I'm your host, Lene Stevens, and today I have a special guest, Aaron Wilson, who is an atmospheric research scientist at The Ohio State University. Thank you for joining us, Aaron. Thank you for inviting me, Lene. Not a problem. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and what does your role all entail at uh, The Ohio State University? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm an atmospheric research scientist, which is... uh, just really a hefty term for a weatherman. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about the weather and climate and have been for as long as I can remember, uh, inspired early on by tropical systems uh, when I lived in Miami, Florida. But most of my life, I grew up in Miamisburg, Ohio, down in southwest Ohio. So for all of, uh, all of you uh, uh, Western and southwestern Ohio friends, I'd like to say hello. Um, but But certainly, you know, I've been inspired by a lot of events throughout Ohio's history, the drought of 1988, uh, other remnants of hurricanes that have hit. And so uh, these these weather events really solidified, you know, the passion of, of what I wanted to do. Um, and, and there's a long winding story there, uh, you know, weather and climate always being the feed. But I currently have a split appointment between uh, Bird Polar and Climate Research Center. It's the oldest research center on the campus of OSU. Uh, a lot of multidisciplinary groups studying how uh, climate impacts people and ice and oceans and atmosphere. Um, and then with OSU Extension, I work primarily with uh, the Ag and Natural Resources, focusing a lot on education and outreach, providing uh, weather and climate information to educators and other specialists throughout Extension, and just talking about climate, climate change and impacts on, on agriculture. And all of this also under the auspices of the, the State Climate Office of Ohio, uh, which is is housed at, at BIRD and housed on the campus of OSU to provide data, you know, steward data stewards uh, for information that helps improve lives across Ohio. So that's a little bit about myself. Well, great. Uh, so since you've been working in the spectrum of climate and weather, specifically in Ohio, can you give us a little bit of a recap of what happened this spring climate-wise, specifically in the Buckeye region, and how does this contribute to Ohio now since we are definitely in the dog days of summer? Yeah, so you know, if we think back to this past spring, uh, most of us will remember it as a rather chilly spring, actually. Uh, Both April and May were uh, below average from a long-term perspective. When we talk about long-term means, we typically use a 30-year mean, so 1981 to 2010. Uh, April was the 34th coldest, and May was the 42nd coldest, uh, those each respective months, uh, dating back to 1895. So that's a 126-year record, um, and and certainly... um, uh, you know, a, a chilly spring, but but conditions changed fairly quickly as we got to June. As you know, June ended up being the 30th warmest for Ohio and the 27th driest. So so a rapid switch from cold, damp conditions to dry, uh, hot conditions, and that's caused some issues, I think, for some of our growers out there across the state. In the last 30 days, we've been running a good three to six degrees above normal. You know, we've had quite a few 90-degree days here in central Ohio. For instance, we we had uh, 20 90-degree days here in July, which is in the top three all-time record. Uh, 
we've been running warm over the last 60 days and precipitation has been pretty unreliable. You know, some locations have picked up some, some heavy rainfall. It's been really scattered, but we've been fairly dry across Northwest Ohio, the Northern tier of counties down in the Bell Fountain Ridge, uh, for those that are familiar with that area and then across some of our South central counties. Uh, so overall a rapid turnaround from cold, damp to hot and dry. Uh, but fortunately, we've had a little bit more rain, I would say, over the last uh, seven to 10 days, and that's helping out for some of us. Yeah, so I mean, in an agricultural sense, specifically with corn, we've been seeing a lot of drought stress corn, and we're getting into tasseling in some regions where uh, precipitation and moisture is, is very prevalent to how it affects uh, corn yield and grain fill. So you touch on how dry we are here in the state of Ohio and how unreliable some of the precipitation is going on. Uh, why do you believe that is? Is it all in Mother Nature's hands? Or can you give us any insight, too, and in how things will be maybe in the month of August? Yeah, so, you know, in the summertime, uh, well, I like to preface it with one inch. Not all one inch rainfalls are created equal. Right. So if we get a one inch rainfall in February, you know, that's a pretty big deal. There's a lot of runoff. Uh, the water is likely to stick around for several weeks. That's not the case with the one inch rainfall in summer. Right. And that is is because we have to look at the total water balance during summer. Precipitation is the supply side, but that water is getting used. It's getting used uh, through the crops. You know, corn's very efficient at pulling up that moisture from the soil, transpiring through the leaves, evaporating. And actually, this time of the year, we see a bump up in our humidity because of how much water uh, the corn is actually putting into the atmosphere through that process. So we look at the total water balance, you know, um, we've got crops using the water, we've got evaporation from the surface. And so that water is being used. And that's oftentimes why in Ohio, you know, we see these seasonal water shortages in the summer if we if we get a good seven or ten days without water you know our crops start to show a little stress uh, but if those persist like you said through through um, you know pollination and and, and uh, grain fill it can be troublesome it can be worrisome so that's why we like to pay close attention to it the good thing is and i've already mentioned this you know, we, we, we saw some temperatures in the upper 90s, and, and that's that's not good for any of our crops, right? Things really like to shut down and, and not really produce very well. So I think a lot of us in the region forecasters are looking at us and looking at the signals that the both the models and the overall patterns showing. We may have seen the hottest conditions of the summer behind us. We may have those past us now, you know, uh, it sure, certainly now and then in the short term over the next seven to 10 days, temperatures look to remain at or below average, really upper 70s to low 80s for highs, uh, overnight lows, maybe even dropping into the upper 50s. You know, that'll be quite refreshing, I think, for some folks. Uh, but August does show signs of warmer than average overall, largely in our overnight lows um, and precipitation close to or slightly above average, especially across the southern tier of, of counties. The one thing I would like to mention for August and September, we have a very active hurricane season this, this year. Um, and so, you know, once we get into August, September and October, uh, the remnants of one of those storms could always clip Ohio. So that's something that we'll be monitoring as well as we head into our, uh, the rest of the growing season and into harvest. Well, great. Well, it sounds like there is a beacon of light and we're heading towards the end of the tunnel, hopefully with a uh, high, high uh, heat conditions here. But a lot of growers are comparing what's happening now or specifically what happened really this July with high heat, low rain. 
uh, to our experience here in Ohio in 2012. Uh, can you compare now 2020 conditions to the dry conditions we experienced back in 2012? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think that is a great comparison. You know, it's, it's the first one coming to a lot of our minds, because if you look at things like the number of 90 degree days or the streaks in the 90 degree days, uh, we have to go back to 2012 since we've experienced, you know, 11, 12 consecutive days of at least 90 degree heat. Um, from a from a dry perspective, you know, we've had short, intense or short, mild bouts of drought even over the last few years. Uh, you know, you think back to last year, for instance, it went from such a wet first half of the year to 26% of the state was covered in abnormally or uh, uh, moderate drought conditions by October. You know, the, we, we've seen similar conditions to now, but because of the July heat, we really, we've had 2012 on our minds. As far from a drought perspective though, you know, we're, uh, as of this week on the U.S. drought monitor, we're up to about 37% of our state covered in moderate drought conditions, which is the first level, the first uh, level of drought uh, above that, you go into severe drought and extreme drought. And if we look back to 2012, areas of Ohio were well into extreme drought, pushing toward exceptional drought in, in some regards. So uh, uh, the dryness is not quite to the level that we've seen in 2012. It's dry. Um, and, and this year, we're similar to some of the, the dry periods that we've had over the last few years. But, but when it comes to 2012, that was the last major drought uh, in Ohio. Great, great. And, and kind of want to go take a step back, I guess. You talked a little bit about how there's an uh, active tropical storm or getting towards that time of the year. Uh, so when and uh, what can farmers look into right now to keep tabs on uh, tropical storms, tropical depressions, hurricane season? Uh, I know Ohio, we're always thinking, you know, we're kind of in the northern uh part of northeastern part of the Corn Belt, so we shouldn't be too concerned, but uh, how prevalent will that be, do you think, for growers? Yeah, it's, it's you know, right now we're at the, we're at the um, you know, we're sitting here kind of uh, on the tail end of summer. Uh, peak season for hurricane season is September 12th, or September 10th, that's typically the day uh, where hurricane activity, tropical activity in the Atlantic peaks. So, you know, we're, we're well be, you know, we're, we're certainly, we've got a, a long time to go until we get to the, uh, that peak. And we're already here with the, the I named storm. Um, and so that's, that's uh, just indi indicative of how active the season is. Uh, what I would say is that there's, there's obviously no immediate concern and, and immediate danger from one of these systems but because it's such so active and right now we can't predict for instance if if we even will have a k storm or an l storm or whether or not these storms will make landfall and then you've got the compounding factor of whether whether they'll like you said make it to this area of the country there's a lot of uncertainty there so there's nothing to be immediately concerned about i would just keep you know we want to keep our eyes to to the media outlets to to think about the the, the weather information that's coming out about these storms and whether or not um uh you know ohio's kind of in the in the in that cone of uncertainty with one of these storms one thing these storms often do is when we get these seasonal water shortages in summer 
and then we, we get one of these systems in August or September, October, we call them drought busters, right? We call them drought busters because they typically can come in with quite a bit of rainfall, you know, four, four to eight inches of rainfall sometimes. And, and that really helps alleviate those drought conditions. No one wants to see eight inches of rain all at once for sure. That brings its own problems. But, you know, we're just going to keep our eyes eyes peeled and, 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 and monitor the situation. There's nothing really to be too concerned about right now. Just something to be mindful of as we head into uh, uh, our harvest season. Well, great, Aaron. I, talking, since you're on our podcast today, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the podcast you do as well? Um, I, I know I listen to it. I look forward to it um, every week to see what's happening here in Ohio in a climate sense. So if you want to touch on that and other Ohio climate-related links that growers and listeners can uh, look into or reach out to. Yeah, absolutely. So, um as I mentioned before, with the state climate office, uh, you know, as part of uh, the climate services products that we're trying to generate there, uh, I, I generate a weekly or biweekly. <laughs> Lately, uh, with schedule, it's gone about every two weeks. But but it's it's really a um, about a ten minute video blog that details some a little bit more detail about the conditions we're seeing, our temperatures over the last seven thirty days, precipitation, uh, stream flow. Uh, soil moisture, all of the things that we assess to, to look at our risk for drought or flooding, uh, just to get a sense of, of how climate, uh, our general climate conditions over the last, uh, you know, recent period. And then we look at the forecast ahead and, and provide some some ag updates from, from NAS uh, report as well on a weekly basis. And it's just a quick, you know, five to 10 minute video to, to kind of highlight where we're, where we're sitting in Ohio, you know, keep, keep the pulse on, you know, how, how conditions are, are rapidly changing or not and, and how they might impact your particular county or area. So uh, I, I hope folks are finding those very useful. At least the feedback has been positive. You can find those at climate.osu.edu. Uh, I try to have a, a, a pretty robust social media presence. So on Facebook at Dr. Wilson's Weather, uh, that is, um, I do a lot of that for the Southwest and Central Ohio folks because that's where I grew up. So kind of a daily or every other day forecast there. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook as well under Aaron Wilson. And, and, and I provide plenty of uh, updates on, on weather across the state. Also on Twitter at Dr. Wilson's WX. I, I always love talking about weather and climate. So an email, wilson.1010 at osu.edu. Uh, for those that are a little bit more adventurous, we've got some stellar regional climate centers. We've got one for the Midwest Regional uh, the Midwest region called the Midwest Regional Climate Center. So it's mrcc.illinois.edu. Um, and, and you can get on there and find all kinds of information. They've got special topics. And in one of those areas is agriculture. So you can get into things like growing degree days, uh, a lot more frost days, frost dates. Um, uh, there's a great tool on there called uh, the Corn GDD tool. It's use, um, uh, useful to usable. Um, tool there to calculate kind of where where your GDD forecast is, is leading and you know uh, where where whether or not for instance like last year we were re really using it to think about you know is the corn going to mature in time before we get to the frost because we had such late planting for instance so great tools on there as well so I encourage all of those outlets um, all of those medium to kind of uh, get in touch with the conditions that are happening around Ohio. 
Well, great. And thank you again, Erin Wilson. I think you've given, given us a lot of reassurance that uh, better things to come rather than just hot and dry conditions here in Ohio. Um, looks like we're coming up around a bent around the bend and thank you so much for all the great information you've shared uh, we'll link it to the content here on on the podcast page thank you so much it was a pleasure